to Daughter of a King's Podcast. I am your host, Robin Pendergrass. In today's episode, I'm going to read through the book of Job. Well, I'm going to start it because uh, I don't want this episode to be too long, but we're going to read through, um, we're going to read through chapter, chapters 1 through 8. So, Job was one of the most righteous people in his time. One day, suffering just came out of nowhere. He just, everything just started happening left and right. So the message of the book of Job is that righteous people suffer too. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you will not suffer. So I'm going to start in Job chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. It says, In the land of us there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. His sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink them. When the period of feasting had run its course, Job would make an arrangement for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, Perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. One day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied, Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Very well, then everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. So, like I said before, Satan was, not Satan, sorry, Job was like, the most righteous person in his time and he was like very wealthy so Satan says the reason why he can't get to Job is because God puts a hedge around Job if you didn't know what a hedge is a hedge is like a safeguard it's like think of it as a wall protecting Job so God puts a hedge around those he loves that hedge is what Satan is complaining about he wants to get at us, but he really can't because God has a hedge around us. God has a protecting wall around us. So just because there was a hedge around Job doesn't mean he was going to be attacked. With, it doesn't mean he was not going to be attacked by the enemy. God tells Satan very well that everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself, do not lay a finger. Some of you may ask why God would do something like that to Job. God does this to Job to test his faith. Faith. Just because God has a hedge around you doesn't mean you won't be tested. 
God sends trials your way to test your faith. He wants to know how you will act under his under pressure. So now I'm going to read Job chapter 1 verses 13 through 22. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby and the Yes, attack and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burnt up the sheep and the servants, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camp on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the older brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they were are dead, and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up and tore his robes and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground and worshipped and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. So like I was saying before, this suffering that Job is coming through, it's like it's going coming from this way it's coming from like a whole bunch of different directions it's coming left and right so job's wealth possessions and children were taken from him instead of cursing god he fell on his face and blessed god now this is like a crazy reaction and when i first read this i was so shocked but that's what happened job didn't let his circumstances determine if he was going to praise god or not some of us would probably turn away from God if all this stuff started happening to us. But Job didn't turn away from God. So don't let your circumstances decide when you want to praise God. Don't let anyone or anything stop your praise. So now I am going to read Job chapter 2 verses 1 through 8. On another day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came with them to, re- to, pre- sorry, to present himself before him. And the Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, From roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to re- to ruin him without any reason. Skin for skin, Satan replied, I, a man will give all he has for his own life. But now stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Very well then, he is in your hands, but you must spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die.
Well, that's chapter verse 9. We'll come back to verse 9. But, so I just read verses 1 through 8. So, Satan basically wants to physically harm Job. God says, very well then, he is in your hands, but you must spare his life. God tells Satan to spare Job's life. So, God doing that is basically limiting Satan from what he could do. God places limitations on what Satan can do. Remember that Satan came to God for permission. God controls Satan. So you may ask, if God controls Satan, then why doesn't God just get rid of Satan? This all has to do with why God created you. God created us so that he might have someone to love and someone to love him back. God wanted wanted meaningful love. In order to receive meaningful love, there has to be free will involved. So God gave us the capacity of choice. Like the ability to make our own decisions. It's pointless if we have a capacity of choice with nothing to choose. Then God had to allow opportunity of an alternate choice. So Satan was allowed to rebel against God. So Satan was allowed to come to man and to offer man an alternate choice in order that if man chose at that point to love God, God would know that the choice was from the heart and God could receive praise and glory from the meaningful love that was expressed to him. So the choice exists even now. Satan is still operating in order to encourage you to take the alternate choice. But the fact that you have resisted enemy's attempts to turn away f- to, to for you to turn away from God and you still love God is extremely meaningful because God knows you don't have to do that. You could easily choose to turn away from God. God allows trials to come your way to test you and see if you will love him anyway. He wants to see if you will love him in both the good and the bad times. In times of suffering, we could choose to turn away from God or we could continue to love him. It's your choice. So now I will read verses 9 through 10. His wife said to him, Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. He replied, You are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all of this, Job did not sit in what he said. So Job's wife tells Job to curse God and die. Job didn't do that. He didn't curse God. This shows that even in the midst of his trouble, he still loved God. He said he'd rather accept good from God than eat, than trouble. God said that as God's creation and recipients of his goodness, we have no right to complain when, sorry, hold up, when he allows us to endure hardships. Even in hardships, we still receive God's goodness because it is good for us to go through hardship because these hardships these hardships will make us stronger. So instead of causing God cursing God, let's continue to love him because even when we suffer, God still is good to us. He still uses our suffering to make us stronger. He Yeah. So in Job three in Job chapter three Job is crying out to God in misery of his own experience. Job is challenging God by saying, Why didn't I just die where even the wicked is at rest? In the midst of his trial, Job said the things that he doesn't truly understand. A lot of the times we do the same thing. Later on, we will see God's response to Job 
challenging him. So now I will read Job chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Then Eliphaz the Temanite replied, If someone ventures a word with you, will you be impatient? But who can keep from speaking? Think how you have instructed many, how you have strengthened feeble hands. Your words have supported those who stumble. You have strengthened culture and need. So Eliphaz, his friend, gives encouraging words. He said, you were counseling and encouraging many, but when it comes to you, you faint. A lot of times we tend to do the same thing that Job is doing. We tend to lift others up when they suffer, but when it comes to us, we can't even lift ourselves up. Instead of beating ourselves up, we should encourage ourselves the way we, the way we encourage others. So now I'm going to read Job 5, chapter 8. It says, But if I were you, I would appeal to God. I would lay my cause before him. So this is coming from, oh wait, yeah, it's still coming from Elias. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, so I'm going to do the best that I can. But his friend Elias advises Job to seek God and lay his cause before him. The same way we seek God during the good times is the same way we should seek God when we are suffering. Our suffering doesn't give us the excuse to turn away from God. It just gives us to, the excuse to draw closer to Him. So Job 6 said, it's about like Job saying he wished he was dead. So basically Job wants pity. He feels like he can't depend on anyone. In Job 7, Job talks about him not being able to understand how he is loved by God. We all have the same feelings that Job has during times of suffering. As Christians, we still have bad thoughts. We still think bad thoughts like everyone else. The difference between Christians and other people is that God will ease those bad thoughts that we do have. If we give our bad thoughts to God, He will take them away from us. Right now, Job is still holding on to those bad thoughts instead of giving them to God. So for you, I suggest that when you have bad thoughts during your time of suffering, that you just give them to God and let Him deal with those bad thoughts. So now I will read Job 8, verse 7. If I can get there. Okay. It says, your beginnings will seem humble, so so prosperous will your future be. Okay, so Job's friend Billy Dad tells him it's not over yet. It is only the beginning, and your future will be prosperous. So suffering doesn't last forever. There is a breakthrough. There's a breakthrough that will happen in your future. God only puts us in humbling positions so we won't get prideful when he moves us up. Your suffering is only the beginning to your breakthrough. To of your breakthrough. Verse 13 says, Such is the destiny of all who forget God, so perishes the hope of the godless. Sorry, I totally read the wrong verse. I was supposed to read verse 11. And it says, can papers go go tall where there is no marsh? Can reeds thrive without water? So that's the verse I was supposed to read. 
And so, flowers can't bloom without rain. Bildad is telling his friend that he can't get stronger if there's nothing hard to face. We can't expect to grow and be prosperous if there's no, no suffering. When you go through suffering, remember that this rain makes you stronger. Without it, you will just die away. You will just wither. Basically, you will just be so weak without it. So, remember, rain makes you stronger. So, I'm going to stop here so this episode won't get too long. The rest of the joke should hopefully come soon. Here are some things that I want you to remember when you have your times of suffering. Just because just because God puts a hedge around you doesn't mean you won't be tested. God sends trials your way to test your faith. Test your faith. Don't let your situation stop your praise. God places limitations on what Satan can do. In times of suffering, we could choose to turn away from God or choose to love him. It's your choice. I suggest choosing to love God because even in the midst of our suffering, suffering, God is still good to us. He uses what the enemy throws at us to make us stronger. In times of suffering, take the advice you give to others. Even in the midst of your suffering, continue to seek God. In times of suffering, we will have bad thoughts. Give those thoughts over to God. God says we don't have to carry our own burdens. He wants us to give his burdens to him. Suffering is the only be- is only the beginning of your breakthrough. Remember this, most importantly, rain makes you stronger. So, I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Keep a lookout for part two of Righteous People Suffer Too. Have a blessed day.